Well, good morning, church. Come on. Hey, before you sit down, do me a favor. Look at somebody beside you, stare them in the eye, and say, all right, all right, all right. Oh, that was good. Turn to the person on the other side of you. Do it again. Say, all right, all right, all right. All right, you can sit down. Clap for my boys. Give them a hand. They did good, didn't they? You guys are all grown up now. Oh, my goodness. That, that's awesome. Oh, cool. Guess I have to do that. I could do that. I don't. Can I be honest? I, was, I got here this morning, and I saw a pastor. We hung out in the back, and, and it hit me that you probably got up, came to church, expecting the norm. I don't know if you realize what you did at Church Unlimited. You invited a southern black preacher. Okay, you see the people clapping? They've all seen a Medea movie. They know exactly what's going to happen this morning. So for everyone else, let me give you the rules. Rule number one, you're going to have to talk to your neighbor this morning. I gave you a little hint when you looked at somebody and said, all right, all right, all right. So now look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to have to talk to you. (laughs) Sir, you just saw your wife for the first time right there, all right? (laughs) Number two, you got to talk to the preacher. Somebody say, come on, Reggie. Somebody say, preacher, Reggie. Ooh, that's good. That's good. Number three, just have a good time. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. You got up, came to church. We're going to make it good. The best part is you're at the early service. Yeah. I don't know why y'all got up this early, but that's okay. God is good, amen? Just to give you a glimpse of what I've been doing, this is the end of my second week in New Zealand. I came um, uh, two weeks ago when I landed on a Tuesday morning. I got off the plane at six. They took me across the street to the hotel and said, hurry up. My first school was at eight. Then I had another one at 10 and then another one at one. Then I went to the domestic terminal and I flew to Hawks Bay where I did four more schools on the next day and then five on the next day. Then I got on a plane and I flew to Hamilton where I did schools. And then I got on another plane when I flew to Wellington and went from there to Wanganui and where I did schools. And then I got on a plane and I went to Christchurch. Then I got on a plane and I came back here and I've been here the last three days speaking to students. We've done in the last three days just in Auckland, we've done about 10,000 students on their campuses in their gyms. It's fun. CNN News says I'm the number one communicator to young people in the world. I speak to 1.5 million students face-to-face every year around the world, and I love coming to New Zealand. Uh, Because of that, you know what, that happened a few years ago. I'm not going to say the word. I I got locked out of your country, but they let me back in now. (laughs) And it's good to be back. Amen? So before we get started, I'm going to tell you right now, no matter who you are or what you've done, God loves you. No matter where you've been, God cares about you. And he's got a plan for your life. Amen? I have two Bible stories today, but before I do that, I need to let you know, um, I'm more known for doing this. I know it's real little, isn't it? I call her Little Debbie. This is Little Debbie. 
It's my soprano saxophone. So I got to play a song. Can I play a song for you? But wait, can I take you to the, to the United States? Like, can I let you hear what it would sound like at my church on a Sunday morning? So here's what happens. Pastor says, I'm preaching on my Redeemer, my Redeemer, and my Redeemer lives. And I went, oh, we could do something like that. And so since we're talking about what God can do for us, I figured I'll let you feel what it's going to be like at the end of this service. And it will go something. I don't think y'all ready. Take your hand, go like this. Take your other hand, go like that. Push them together real fast. Go. That's a clap. You're going to have to use that, all right? You're going to have to use Look at your neighbor and say, here we go. Here we go.
somebody say, all right, all right, all right. I told you, y'all ain't ready. If I put a title to our sermon this morning, while you turn to the book of John, chapter 8, I'm going to start reading in verse 3. My title, you got to help me with it. Everybody touch your neighbor. And I got to say it the way New Zealand. I'm going to do it New Zealand, then I'm going to do it American, all right? So everybody touch your neighbor and say, what do you see? Touch your other neighbor, say it again, say, what do you see? Now, in America, we cut that in half. So touch your neighbor and say, what you see? That sounds better, doesn't it? Let's just go with that, all right? Look at somebody in the room and say, what you see? If you got a Bible, turn to John chapter 8. I'm going to start reading in verse 3. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen behind me. Let me set you up before we start reading this. Jesus went to church one day, and he got up to speak. And when he got up to speak, there was a commotion. It was crazy. It was so loud that people came in from doors, and they were dragging a woman, and they threw her on the stage. And in verse 3, they begin to talk to Jesus. And the Bible says this, teacher, this woman was caught red-handed in the act of adultery. Moses' law gives us the order to stone such a person. What do you say? Now, let me take you back in my past, Reggie's past, to the first time I ever heard this. When I was a kid growing up, I got in trouble at church all the time. My friend, every time was the pastor's kids. Don't hang around them. They will get you in trouble every time. We were playing cards on the back row on Sunday morning. Yeah, I know, we were playing cards, poker. And my friend, whose dad's the pastor, kept holding his cards up too high. I said, put them down, we're going to get caught. And one day, we got caught in the middle of Sunday morning service. Pastor said, y'all playing poker in my service? So after that day, I had to sit between my mom and dad. And my dad said, pay attention. If you got a question, tap me on the knee and I'll answer it for you. I said, yes, sir. One morning, pastor got up and said, turn to the book of John chapter 8. And he started reading this. Teacher, a woman was caught red-handed in the act of adultery. Moses' laws tells us to stone such a person. I tapped my dad on the knee. He said, what? I said, what's adultery? <laughs> Just looked at me, dead in the eye, and he said, ask your mother. And my mom looked at me and said, tell him. So my dad, here's how he explained it. It's changed this whole story for my life. My dad said, son, in order to participate in adultery, you must remove all your clothes. <laughs> and I jumped ahead in the story. They drugged this woman and threw her in the temple on the stage and asked Jesus if they could stone her. And she had nothing on. That changes everything. So now I can keep reading for you. Oh, by the way, can I just explain something to you? You don't have to have your clothes off to be naked. Somehow this world has a way of stripping you, taking everything you hold dear and taking it away. Making you think that you're lower than everyone else. You're less than everyone else. But this story is in the Bible so you can actually see who you really are. And how much Jesus really thinks about you. Everybody touch your neighbor and say, he talking to you. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I am here this morning to tell you I might be the biggest, blackest Hallmark greeting card from heaven you have ever seen in your entire life. And there's a reason why I'm here this morning, and I'm going to get to it quicker than I am than I thought I was. I just feel the presence of God is in this room. It said, Moses' law gave us order to stone such a person. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something incriminating so that they could bring charges against him. Look at the next verse. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger in the dirt. They kept badgering him. He straightened up and he said, the sinless one among you go first. Throw the stone. Bending down again, he wrote with his finger in the dirt. Hearing that, they walked away one after another, beginning with the oldest. The woman was left alone. Jesus stood up and spoke to her, said, woman, where are they? Does no one condemn you? No one, master. Neither do I, Jesus, said Jesus. Go on your way and from now on, don't sin. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, what you see? <laughs> Ask your other neighbor, say, hey, what you see? Hey, just for a moment, can I paint this picture for you? There's a woman on a Sunday morning, because if Jesus is in the temple, it had to be the Sabbath, and we consider that Sunday. So he was, he was in a, there was a woman, she woke up Sunday morning, she's sleeping. She had no idea the horror that was about to hit her life. Before she could feel the warmth of the morning sun, this woman felt the heat of the scorn of man. All of a sudden, she's drugged from that bed, nothing to cover her up. Shame on you, you're pathetic. You're disgusting. Drugged down the street. There was a parade in town and she was a parade. She had been caught. Plead for mercy. The question was, whose voice is screaming? Can hear her asking for hope. I love this. The Bible says that Jesus bent down. Another version of the Bible says Jesus stooped. I like that. Just say it with me. Say, Jesus stooped. We expect Jesus to stand up. We expect Jesus to even levitate. But before he rose up, he stooped down. Listen, he'd done this throughout the course of his time as a man on earth. When he was born in a manger, he stooped down. Why? He wasn't born in a hotel. He wasn't born in a palace. He was born in a barn in a manger. Why? Because he had to be born that low so he could reach people like you and me. I'm just here to tell you today, if he stooped then, he'll stoop now. Am I starting too fast? Um, am I, are we okay? There's some of you looking at me. Your eyes are getting bigger. It's just the way I preach. Why? If I don't preach like I believe it, why would you even listen to me? But I know who I believe in, and I know that he is able to save me and you both. He can change your dark. He can change it around. He can give you something to go home happy about. You can have a $1.29 in your bank account and still act like you got a million dollars. Why? Because of Jesus. Mm. Jesus stooped. <laughs> he was lower than the priests. Lord than the people. He was Lord than the woman who had nothing on. The accusers looked down on the woman, but they had to look even lower to find her Savior, Jesus. That's why Jesus was born in a manger. That's why there was no room in the inn. That's why his first breath was in a barn with the smell of animal poop. 
He stooped to wash the feet of his disciples. He stooped to hold the children in his arm. He stooped to pull Peter out of the sea when he was drowning. He stooped to get mud on his fingers to make a blind man see again. He stooped when he prayed in the garden. He stooped when he picked up his cross that was meant for you and me. He stooped then, he stooped now. Why? Because grace is God who stoops. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, what you see. Touch your other neighbor and say, what you see. Jesus stooped. He stooped to find a brother like me. He stooped to find a sister like you. He stooped then and he stooped now. Just so you can get a glimpse of who's talking to you, I need to let you know, I don't preach long, y'all. I preach it, brother. I get it done. I give an altar call. Oh, by the way, if you're a sinner and you love sin, you need to get as far away from me as possible. The longer you hear me speak, the more in jeopardy your nasty life is at leaving you. I know some of y'all are like, oh, he's American. He's arrogant and rude. I am not arrogant. I'm not rude. I'm just here to tell you. I did not fly halfway around the world to just give you a laugh. I came to save somebody in the name of Jesus Christ. God has loved us so much that he decided, listen to what he did. God has loved us so much that he found a way to punish sin and rescue the sinner. And his name is Jesus. You need it one more time. He found a way to punish sin and rescue the sinner. Everybody say, what you see. Now, 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 I know it was like 10 years ago when I came. 10 years, that's a long time. And then after that, it's been like four years since I've come. I used to come every year, this time every year, and just do schools on the North Island, South Island. Had so much fun. And then it hit. And so I couldn't come for like four years, but I'm back now, and I like being here now. But you got to understand, how many of you have never seen me before? Wave at me, never. Where y'all been? coming to your country for 20 years and you just now showed up. Everybody say, Jesus stooped. I really love that. And let me explain why. They say, though, that, that you, they'll know who you are by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. The blood of the lamb is simple. It's Jesus stooping for mankind. The word of my testimony is this. I was six years old. That's a long time ago. I'm old, y'all. I'm old. I'll be 60 in two months. I look good, though, because black don't crack. Word, I'm just saying, all right? So I was six years old when I went to school for the first time, and my teacher was at the classroom door. She said, everybody, grab, grab, grab a desk. Your name's on your desk. When the bell rings, I'll take attendance. Anywhere in the world, teachers take attendance the same way. They say your first name and your... Except me. All she said was Reggie. She did it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. On Wednesday, when I got to school, I started looking around, and I noticed everybody had their name on their desk. But mine just said Reggie, but everybody else had two names. When she took attendance, everybody had two names. I had one. By, by that Friday, I had to know. A brother got to know. So I raised my hand, and she's like, you got a question? Walk up front. So I walked up front, and I said, excuse me. Everybody has two names on their desk. I have one. Everybody, when you take attendance, has two names. I have one. What's up with that? And my teacher said, I'm so sorry. You don't have a last name. Just go sit down. It's okay. 
I went and sat down. I didn't say nothing, but anybody ever have that voice in your head go, something wrong? But you just don't say nothing. That was me. A week later, my school had this thing called parent-teacher conference. And I found out in the last two weeks, you do that too. I hate parent-teacher conference. If you hate that day, clap your hands right now. I hate that day. Now we know all the bad students, okay? My name was the first one. Both mom and dad showed up. They sit down. Teacher talked for five minutes. When it's over, we walked outside. All my friends are with their parents. All my friends' parents are young, but my parents are like old. And I'm thinking to myself, why are they old? But I waited till we got in the car. I'm in the back seat. They're in the front seat. So I yelled to the front seat, hey, why y'all old? Don't ever do that, all right? When we got home, my dad said, we got to talk. So they put me at the kitchen table to have a talk. Anybody ever been to the kitchen table to have a talk with your parents? If you haven't, don't go. Look at me, little girl. If you don't smell food, run, baby, run, okay? (laughs) When we sit down, my dad started. My dad was like, son, there's a plan for your life. I said, yes, sir. My mom looked at me and said, baby, I'm sorry. And she started crying. My mom cried so hard that my dad moved chairs, held my mom for 10 minutes Finally, my dad said, tell him, tell him. And when my mom spoke, I ain't gonna lie. Her words crushed me. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that God is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. One version of the Bible called the message says, if you ever get kicked in the gut and lose your breath, God will help you catch that next breath. That's real. Some of you know what I'm talking about, don't you? My mom, after 10 minutes crying, my dad said, tell him now. My mom looked up and all she said was, baby, I'm sorry. I'm old because I'm not your mom. She said, she said, you have a brother. His name's Keith. You have two sisters, Anna and Jeanette. Your mom kept your brother. Your mom kept both your sisters, but your mom said that you were a mistake and she hated the day that you were born. But that's okay, she gave you to me. Are you all right? I said, I'm fine, mom. Thanks for taking care of me. And I gave her a hug. I said, I gotta go to bed. I gotta go to school tomorrow. And I went to my bedroom. Was I okay? No. Was I hurt? Yes. Did it dial? Absolutely destroyed me. I cried from six years old to 13 years old. Nobody knew. And I acted like everything was fine, but it wasn't. But do you know, that's why Jesus stooped. He stooped so that he can get below our actions. Below our pretending everything's okay. I know sometimes it hurts. Sometimes, how many of you come to church, the greeters are out there, and every time you come, they're always smiling. And sometimes you just want to punch them (laughs) so that they can feel the way you feel every now and then. How can a lady be so happy every Sunday morning? You just want to give her a little punch in the throat and let her gag a little and go, now, that's how I feel this morning. Don't do that. Okay, I'm, I'm acting American. I got to stop, okay? <laughs> but sometimes we don't feel like laughing. Sometimes we feel like crying. Sometimes we put on our makeup more than once, don't you? Because halfway through you start crying, you got to start over. God sees you. And what he sees is different than what we see. That night, my mom, my mom, I went to bed and I cried. And I, the only thing I could do less is get older. By the time I was 13, I didn't say much. I, I, I loved my foster care parents. They were all I needed. They all I had. So I knew I had to love. But then one morning, it was 3 o'clock. Anybody ever wake up 3 o'clock and you wide awake? Word. If you ever do that again, I'm with you. 
Uncle Reggie got you. <laughs> I tell people all the time, when I start a sermon, I'm just Reggie from America. But if you let me, by the time I'm ending, I'm Uncle Reggie in the church, all right? Everybody needs an Uncle Reggie. <laughs> my, my, I was 13 years old. I'm a, the voice in my head, 3 a.m., I had a red clock, red numbers, you know what I'm talking about? Voice in my head said, nobody loves you, Reggie. Nobody cares about you. Reggie, if you were to disappear, no one would look for you. Your own mama gave you away. You should give up. You should just give up. And I started to cry because I started thinking about giving up on the gift of life. And that's when it happened. Y'all going to think I'm crazy. My bedroom door opened. If your bedroom door opens at three o'clock in the morning, run. Look at me, especially young people. Y'all be watching these scary movies. What is wrong with you kids? You shouldn't be watching that stuff. Somebody's like, what's wrong with them? I'm going to tell you right now. Black people die first in scary movies, I I ain't going out like that. By the way, it wasn't an it clown that came in my room. It was my foster care dad. His name's Bill. He was a school janitor to the day he died. He cleaned schools for a living. He walked in my room and he said, are you okay? I heard you crying. I said, how? His room's on the other end of the house. It ain't like I was doing the ugly boy cry. You know the one. Hey. It wasn't like that. <laughs> he said, every day, every day, you hug your mom. Every day, you talk to me. But for the past two days, you haven't said a word. He said, so last night and tonight after your mom fell asleep, nobody knows. But after your mom fell asleep, I grabbed a pillow. And for the past two nights, I slept by your door. And this morning, I heard you cry. What's wrong? All I said was, I don't know what to do. He said, I'll never call you Reggie. I'll always call you son. And I'll love you till the day I die. And he did. Listen to me. Don't you get it? Because of your pastor and his beautiful family and the invitation, I get to sit by your door this morning. I just came to tell you I love you. You know, I did that in every school the last two weeks in New Zealand. I had one guy ask me one time, he goes, so you tell every kid you love them. Don't they make fun of you? Don't they laugh? I said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, nine out of ten times, they yell back, I love you too, Uncle Reggie. And when it's over, they want hugs. Why? Because... We just want to know somebody's there. No matter how low our life gets, somebody's there. No matter how low you go, Jesus decided, I'll stoop before I stand up. And when I stand up, I'm going to raise everything up with me. So guess what? You thought you were alone this morning, but you are not. You thought you were by yourself. You were not. You thought you wanted to give up, but you cannot give up. This is a day of hope. This is a day of hope. This is a day God is going to give you hope. Let me give you hope. That morning, my foster care dad gave me a hug and he said, I love you. I'll never call you Reggie. I'll always call you son. He says, but there's somebody who loves you more than me. And his name is Jesus. And then he said in Romans chapter 10, verse nine, the Bible says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I said, okay. He said, it says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Jesus might be saved. He said, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. He goes, son, your mama gave you away so that you could find Jesus. You ended up in our house so that you can find Jesus. And I know it's early in the morning, but maybe at your lowest point, you need to choose Jesus. And that day I said yes. Because somebody slept by my door. Then one day I heard this. Revelations chapter 2, the Bible says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens the door, I'll come in. I went, just like my dad. All Jesus wants is his turn. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, what you see. Touch your other neighbor and say, what you see. Ladies and gentlemen, you've made it through the first Bible story. You only have one left. We are going to beat the Baptist to the buffet this morning. Turn to Matthew chapter 12, verse number 9 through 13. It's one of my favorite stories, and I'm going to end with this. Are y'all good? Hey, where's that keyboard player? It's, it's, this, this works better if there's like, you know, you know, people know something good's coming when you start like doing a little something, something. <laughs> Tickle the ivories, you know what I'm saying? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 9, going from that place, he went into their synagogue. And a man was there with a shriveled hand and was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, why is everybody going after Jesus? You notice in both stories, they're trying to bring charges again. But hey, they better stop. They asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Verse 11. He said to them, if any one of you had a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, would you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. I'm going to stop right there because I picked this passage of scripture because I'm in New Zealand. Do y'all have any idea how many sheep you have running around your country? If they unified, they could take over this whole nation. <laughs> Verse 13. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. Oh. Okay, okay, okay. Everybody touch your neighbor and say, you got to get this. Touch your other neighbor and say, you got to get this. Okay, look, I have a friend who has a, a, a shriveled hand. And if you ever meet him, the first time you meet him, he's like this. Y'all see what, see, what, see, see what I got? He's like this. Because he doesn't want you to see his deformity until you get to know him. Then you won't feel sorry for him. Got it? So check this out. So here's my thing. And this is so simple, but this is crazy good. And I'm going to be honest. I want to get to the altar call because I got a feeling something good's about to happen. And I like to get out of the way and let God do his thing. But God's like, if, if, if I get up and just do the saxophone and tell my story, it's highly entertaining. Y'all can tell I'm highly entertaining. But once I start reading scripture, supernatural can happen in a room. Once you put it with the Bible, it's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It can change everything. So on Sundays like this, man, I got to get to the end because y'all know by the way I act, I'm going to give an altar call. Okay, watch this. 
So this man, obviously he goes to the temple. Obviously he's a part of the congregation and he's there. He's there. And Jesus gets up and they ask him this question. He talks about sheep. Then Jesus points at the man and he's like, you stand up. Now I like to apologize for what's about to happen, but I got a brother got to do what a brother got to do. So let's go. Second row. You got a beard. Yeah. You stand up. See what I'm saying? He didn't see it coming. He's like, why do I have a beard? So the dude stands up and then Jesus goes, stretch out your hand. Oh, I like him. He stretched out both hands. Okay, everybody clap for him. Thank you, sir. You can sit down. You can sit down. That's great. That's good. That's good. Okay, everybody, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. This is it. This is what's great about this story. What's great about this story is one, Jesus singled a dude out. He stands up and then Jesus goes, stretch out your hand. Did you know he had a choice? He could have stretched out what was normal. He could have stretched out what was like everyone else's. He could have stretched out what no one would have looked at him and looked at him like something was wrong with him. But he had an idea. He had a thought. Some of you came this morning and it was a little thought that what if Jesus showed up this morning? What if Jesus asked me? And all Jesus said was, stretch out your hand. It's your choice what you stretch out. But this man knew Jesus didn't come for what was normal. He didn't come for what was like everyone else. He came for the shriveled up, messed up, broken, nasty. And when he said stretch it out, he stretched it out and instantly it was just like the other hand. His whole life crippled. And in one smooth move, he's okay. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. I'll say it again. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. You can't lose with Jesus. You just can't. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every man Woman, boy, and girl here, God, I thank you that you love us. I know, God, that you can make a way out of no way. You could turn our darkness in the day. You could be our joy in a time of sorrow. You could be the hope for our tomorrow. God, I know, God, that you're able to do something in this room. So this morning, as I give two simple altar calls, may your Holy Spirit do something absolutely life-changing in this church. For people online, let them know that you see them, that you're in that room with them. Amen. Every head up, every eye open, everyone looking around. Um, if you're used to church, then you're used to bow your head, close your eyes, no one looking around. I'm done with that stuff. We've gone, our whole world's gone through hell. And if we didn't run into Jesus, we ain't got nowhere else to go. So here's the deal. Some of you, I'm going backwards. All Jesus is saying is, stretch out your pain. Stretch out your shame. Stretch out your sorrow. Stretch out your care. Stretch out what kept you up last night. Stretch out your need. He wants to answer it for you. 
and I want to pray for you. The Bible says in Matthew, if you declare me before man, I'll declare you before my Father in heaven. So something happens when we go public for Jesus. That's why my altar calls, I have every head up, eye open, everybody looking around. Anybody can raise your hand when no one else is looking. But when you can say, I need help, and I don't care who sees it, God has a way of coming through for you. So I don't know what your need is. I don't know what you're going through. But if you need God to come through for you today, if you're that man, and God is like, stretch out your hand, stretch out your pain, stretch out your need, and you want to give it to God this morning, and you got 20 seconds to stand up on your feet, and whoever's standing, when I get to zero, I'm going to pray for you. 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, in Jesus' name. Now, if you look around the room, you'll notice you're not by yourself. No one's ever by themselves. And if you're lucky enough to be seated, then guess what? We get to be the encouragement. We get to help them have faith to get through what they're going through. So before I start praying in five seconds, you see somebody near you, you may not even know them. Just jump up and put your hand on their shoulder. Let them know they're not alone. Let somebody know it ain't good. And if we can't get to you, it's all good. I'm praying for you all the way up in the top. Way to go. I see you. I see all y'all in the balcony. If Jesus comes back, you go before all of us. But that's good. We're going to pray. And we're going to pray. Let your faith rise right now. Let your face rise. Let it rise. Let it rise. Jesus. It's no other name but Jesus. There's no other hope but Jesus. God, I pray right now you would answer the cry of their heart. God, you know what these people are going through. You know what they need. You can make a way out of no way. You can turn their darkness into day. You can be their joy in the time of their sorrow. God, I speak hope. Let the shriveled things of these world become straightened as if it never happened. Answer the cry of their heart. Give them peace in Jesus' name. God, before it becomes a reality, let them leave this church service with faith, believing in what they can't see, knowing that it's going to happen soon. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Now, everybody who prayed for somebody, look them in the eye and say, everything's going to be all right. Go ahead, tell them right now. Say, everything's going to be all right. Just look at your neighbor. If you're all sitting down, say, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. You can sit down. You can sit down. You can sit down. I said two altar calls. Here's my next one. I love this. Every time I get to do a church, at the very end, I get to say this, and I almost start crying. Every time I get to say this, are you ready? I love saying this. Do you know him? Do you know my king? I'm going to give you an opportunity to let Jesus be your Lord. Romans 10, 9. We're going to do it together. We're going to declare with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Believe in our heart by saying these words that God raised Jesus from the dead. And the Bible says you will be saved. So I don't know who you are, but we're doing this for you. But I got to let you know who's talking to you. Do you know why my mom gave me away? My mom's husband on a Monday went to work and never came home. He hid all the eviction notices from my mom, my brother, and my two sisters. 
On Wednesday, she had already filed a missing person report. She thought the police was coming to tell her that her husband was dead. Instead, they evicted my mom. The sheriff felt bad, told her to push in the stroller her kids and the trash bag she had left with food. About 3K down the road was a farm abandoned, but it had these nice chicken coops. He said, my family owns it. You can stay there until welfare kicks in. She went there and two days later, she still needed three days for welfare to help her, but she was out of food. My brother and sisters were crying. A stranger walked by, looked at my mom and said, what are you doing here? And she said, the sheriff said, I could stay. I, why are your kids crying? He said, they're hungry. I ran out of food yesterday. And I hate to be rude, but you need to understand how low Jesus can stoop. You ready? The man said to my mom, I'll give you $20 if you sleep with me. Your kids can eat if you sleep with me. My mom would do anything for her kids. So she slept with the man. And that's how I was born. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. What the world meant for a mistake, God meant as a treasure. I cannot change my past, but God changed my future. So whoever you are in this early service, now's the time for salvation. Guess what? We're going to do it together. We family. I'm Uncle Reggie. So let's pray this prayer together. You ready? Everybody say, Jesus, today is my day to come home. With my mouth, I declare you, Jesus, are the Son of God. In my heart, help me have faith to believe more and more that you could change my future. I believe in Jesus, that God raised him from the dead for me. And with these words of this prayer, in Jesus' name, I'm saved. I'm saved. Thank God Almighty, I'm saved. Somebody clap your hands right now. God is saved. God saves. Now here's what's going to happen. I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, everybody's going to stand up. Then I'm going to count to three again. When I count to three the second time, if you walked in this room with sin in your life and you said that prayer and you meant it, it's time for you to put, put your faith in action. I want every person who walked in this room with sin in their life who said that prayer and meant it, on my second three, the first three, we're all standing. On the second three, everyone who got right this morning in this service, I want you to get out of your seat, come and meet me right here. I got a prayer for you. Say, why am I doing that? Because you're going public for Jesus. You're letting the world know. You're letting all hell know. Whatever you did to me ain't working because God stooped and he rose up and he raised me up with him. So let faith arise right now. You ready? One, two, three. Stand. Are you ready? I'm going to give you one chorus. I don't know what they're going to sing. You got one chorus to get here. One, two, three. Every person, every person this morning, you gave right. You got right with God. Come on. Step out in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord.
sing it one more time. One more time. sun sets free is free indeed don't go by feelings all the time you walked you made a move for Jesus in front of all these people now it's our turn you don't even have to repeat this prayer but we're going to pray for you stretch your hands toward these people Jesus you know her you know her by name you know every hair on his head you ordained him to be in this room for such a time as this you saw him walk up you saw her say yes to you so I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would absolutely do amazing work right now. God, let something supernatural take place in the lives of your people today. God, I know that when we pray, it's spiritual. When we physically move, it's physical. But in a church, those two events can make supernatural happen. We pray now for supernatural. Jesus, protect him. Put a hedge around them and their family. God, let them tell somebody today, my life changed because I said yes to Jesus. And God, keep them in your love. In your name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, everybody who came forward, do me a favor. See that guy right there in the sweater? Just follow him. He's got something for each and every one of you. We want to give it to you. Everybody in the church, clap for these people. Give them a big hand. Oh, that's not good enough. Come on. All heaven rejoices when one gets saved. Come on. Come on. Somebody say, all right, all right, all right. Thank you, church. Pastor, you're coming, right? Clap for your pastor. I'm so glad he let me come today.